0: I was working at Abercrombie and Fitch and I was like in the stock room and I'm like folding boxes of T-shirts. And like one time, like they were like, oh, the Jones brothers have a photo shoot and I'm the intern. They're like, we need interns to work it. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And I remember I didn't finish folding that box of shirts. And my manager came up to me. and He's like, you didn't finish your box of shirts like you're letting your team down. I was like, bro, I got to go. I got to get out of here. Like there's a great opportunity for me elsewhere.
1: Welcome to So Ambitious, a podcast series about what's possible when Black and Latinx founders can build uninterrupted. I'm your host, Felicia Hatcher. I'm an author, an entrepreneur, an investor, and a mom. I'm also the CEO of Black Ambition, a nonprofit initiative founded by V Pharrell Williams, working to close the opportunity and wealth gap for Black and Latinx communities through entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we welcome Benoni Tego, Head of Business Development for Hooray Media and President of Radio, the audio arm of Hooray. As a serial entrepreneur with over a decade of experience building businesses for creators and influencers, Bononi has found his footing by approaching the entertainment industry with a startup mentality. Today we'll learn how Bononi handles the business of pivoting and adapting, leveraging fandom to monetize and prioritizing the opportunities that will make the most difference. Way before Benoni was negotiating high-level contracts with high-caliber artists, he grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, with the hustler spirit the city is known for.
0: I grew up very humble beginnings, you know, situations where, you know, maybe your parents don't have a car or, you know, situations where you see them on the phone negotiating with bill collectors. Everybody's story is different. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons as to why my parents, uh, were in that situation. My dad's from Ghana. So, you know, he's first generation from, on his side. And then my mom's from Louisiana. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that they had to navigate. And for me seeing that, I was like, okay, well, you know, I have an opportunity to, to change the course of how things are set up. I feel set up for me. And, and, and that's always what I focused on.
1: Bononi wanted to shift his circumstances and found inspiration in people that had the lifestyle he desired.
0: And so, you know, just growing up in Vegas, um, you know, went to school and always was hustling, trying to figure out ways to build things, ways to, s- ways to sell things, etc. And as I got older, um, you know, I started looking up to people like Diddy and Jay-Z and Irv Gotti, um, all of these people who are like, oh, they are moguls. Dame Dash, like, you know, Dame Dash was like the pinnacle at that time. Right. And so you're like, oh, here's these successful black men who showcasing a lifestyle. First of all, you know, lifestyle looks fun, but then they look you know, successful and they're able to have things and, you know, they have control um, and they have power, right?
1: Control and power are two things that Benoni believed would help change the course of his life, not because it was the way to more money, but because it would lead to more freedom.
0: I thought that I always wanted to just make a lot of money and, you know, to have power, right? I understood later in life that it was about control, but it was about having control of your life and not doing things that you don't want to do because you need the money. At the end of the day, I want to work on things that I'm passionate about, if I need to take a break and kick my feet up, I wanna have the luxury to be able to do that. And so I've always just started to make that my goal.
1: And for Bononi, following that goal looked a lot like following in the footsteps of his role model Dame Dash.
0: I originally started off managing my nephew um, because he was a, a rapper. And so we're running around Vegas, you know, I'm managing him, I'm getting, booking him shows and looking for interview opportunities, you know, putting together mixtapes Literally, you know, old school, out the trunk, selling, you know, the mixtapes for $5.
1: Slinging mixtapes in the back of the trunk of his car? This reminds me so much of the early days of the food startup that my husband and I ran. Before we raised money, before we had major brands as our clients, we used to run from event to event, selling our popsicles and our ice cream out of a Chevy P30 ice cream truck and a Scion XB like straight hustler mode to just get things done and build some sort of traction and some sort of brand. While managing his nephew gave Bononi a few early pointers about what it took to manage an artist's career, he knew he needed to learn a lot more. So he packed his bags and headed where millions of people go to break into the entertainment industry, Los Angeles, California. There, Benoni enrolled in school at the Musician's Institute, and it didn't take long for him to feel like he was on the right path.
0: I went to that school and I studied the music business there. And I was just, that was my one time in life where I was like, oh, this is my aha moment where it's like, oh, I'm in the environment. All I got to do is put my head down and get busy because before I was never in the environment. I was always hustling and working hard and willing to make the sacrifices, but I wasn't in the environment. Fast forward, now I'm in LA, so now I'm 10 toes deep in the environment. So now it's like, okay, well, what are you gonna bring to the table to this opportunity?
1: Bononi wasted no time making himself as useful as possible and was soon asked by his professor to help with social media marketing for their management company. Bononi helped his professor set up Facebook and Twitter pages at a time where folks were still figuring out what these platforms were even for. And it paid off. The same professor then offered Benoni a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity.
0: And then one day he's like, hey, the Jonas Brothers, um, they need need an intern. And I was like, you know, I got to take this opportunity. So I did the internship. And in that time, I just made sure I was first one in, last one to leave. Because again, I'm like, I got the opportunity. I got to take full advantage of it.
1: Benoni was ready to take this opportunity on full steam ahead. But his financial struggles made it challenging to get the literal steam he needed to get there.
0: There was a struggle. You know, I was struggling to get to school. I was struggling to get to an internship because, you know, I just didn't have money like to barely feed myself, let alone put gas in the car.
1: Creatives and entrepreneurs at their core are problem solvers. They are always going to find a way. And Bononi knew he had to find a way to make this internship happen. So he took on easy gigs that he hoped would offset his traveling costs. But these gigs offered a whole new dilemma.
0: I was working at Abercrombie & Fitch, and I was like in the stock room, and I'm like folding boxes of T-shirts. And like one time, like they were like, oh, the Jones Brothers have a photo shoot, and I'm the an intern. They're like, we need interns to work it. And I was like, I got to get out of here. And my manager came up to me, and he's like, um you didn't finish your box of shirts, like you're letting your team down. I was like, bro, I gotta go, we gotta get out of here. Like there's a great opportunity for me elsewhere.
1: Even though Bononi didn't know what was to come from the internship, he recognized that it would definitely bring him closer to his goals than folding t-shirts would. So he said the hell with those t-shirts. After his internship with the Jonas Brothers was over, Bononi got a job with AEG, a global sporting and music entertainment presenter.
0: AEG is a concert promoter. And I remember thinking, like, oh, wow, like, I'm actually 10 toes deep in my dream now. Like, I'm working on music stuff. I have a, a paycheck from a reputable music company.
1: Benoni felt closer to his dreams than ever before. But he just couldn't seem to shake the financial struggles he'd known all his life.
0: My life is still not where it needs to be, mostly financially, because I'm still struggling to pay my bills. I'm still struggling to pay rent.
1: Attempting to chase your dreams while also dealing with the realities of not affording your rent can dampen anyone's spirits. And if you're not careful, you will stop in the middle of your assignment. But Benoni didn't allow his financial circumstances to sway him from his vision. He knew that if he just stayed the course, he'd eventually find his way. So he kept up his work at AEG until... Out of
0: the blue, I'm at lunch on my work break and I get a phone call from the head of the Jonas Brothers management company. And they're like, The Jonas Brothers, you know, we loved you as an intern. We're sad that you had to leave as an intern. Um, but now they need an assistant and we want to offer you the job as an assistant. And this job is a six figure job.
1: I just love full circle moments like this. Despite the financial challenges that he faced up until this point, Bononi remained committed to the bigger picture. His memorable work. As an intern, was now providing him a job that, for the first time, would ease his financial struggles.
0: And so when you get a situation like that, that your your life changes, you know, from one phone call, and then you step into that new life almost overnight, and then you start f- seeing like, oh, this is what it feels like to not have, like to, to be good, to have the money that you need, to be in control, to, and to fully be happy... Then it starts to adjust your perspective on how you think about things.
1: Benoni left his job at AEG and started his work as an assistant for the Jonas Brothers. Soon, he realized that the job provided not just financial freedom, but actual free time as well. And with that free time, Benoni began searching for other creative projects that sparked his interest. During his research, he came across a newly dropped YouTube series called Awkward Black Girl that was a little rough around the edges. But it had a lot of potential.
0: Issa had put out maybe two or three episodes of Aqua Black Girl. And I simply sent her an email and I was like, you know, I'm a fan of what you're doing. And I believe you have, you know, you're talented and I believe in you ultimately and what you can become. And so I said, you know, here's an email of all the things that I feel I could bring to the table. And a lot of it was like social media based things like I could run your social media account. And then there were some business things that, you know, I was able to bake in because, you know, I've always been a business person. I've always been an entrepreneur.
1: This is what I call stepping up to the plate. Benoni saw an opportunity that he was interested in and immediately acted upon it. It wasn't long after that Issa sent Benoni a response back.
0: She was like, you know, I want you on my team, but I can't afford to pay you at the time. I was like it's okay it's not about the money because again i'm working with the jonas brothers at this point so money is fine i have time in my life and the space in my life to work on passion projects and so we just started cooking and the two made a great team isa was writing i was helping with marketing and social media things and you know responding to emails and just organizing things from a business standpoint and I think at the time, she just needed someone who was like an all-encompassing person who was just willing to hustle alongside of her. And my role was to, one, increase visibility for the project that we're working on, which is Aqua Black Girl at the time. And then, two, um, bring in money, find ways for us to make money. Now, when I think back about it, I was like, oh, I was taking a piece of IP and I was finding out different ways to monetize that IP. Very similar to how Disney would do or, you know star Wars or whomever. And so what I would do is, you know, one, I'm like, okay, what's our merch plan? Great. You know, Oh, this character is the most popular on the show. Great. Let's create merch around this character.
1: Since Bononi had come on board to awkward black girl as a fan himself, he knew just how important their fans were and took their love for the show as a way to create new ideas for marketing it.
0: Uh, I remember one time we had like awkward black girl cookies because there was a fan. I used to read all the emails and respond to all the emails. And there was this fan um, who was like, hey, I have, um, you know, I I do these custom cookies and I do custom candy. I would love to find a way to work with you guys. So we reached out and we're like, hey, let's do some let's do an awkward black girl gift pack. And they literally put together the awkward black girl gift pack. And then we would, you know, add that. like add the link to our video so people can go buy them. So it was really just about being creative and working with what we have and finding different ways to like try to make money and exploit the brand in as many ways as possible.
1: Awkward Black Girl was getting more and more popular, soon garnering millions of views on YouTube. But despite their popularity, the show needed more capital to continue making new episodes. So Bononi once again leveraged the Awkward Black Girl audience for support.
0: And so, you know, we... Did the first season of Awkward Black Girl. We finished the first season by doing a Kickstarter. We raised sixty thousand dollars in thirty days. And then in the second season, YouTube had put up had put out an initiative where they were investing a hundred million dollars into creators. And Pharrell was one of those people that received a portion of that money to create his own channel. So for the second season of Awkward Black Girl, we put it on Pharrell's channel, I am other.
1: Here we are again with another full circle moment. In this environment that we're in, where you're looking for resources, being able to be a resource magnet and create your own opportunities is so important. And most times, VC and angel investors get all the attention, but there's these alternative sources of being able to get the capital that you need. And crowdfunding and equity crowdfunding or partnering with major corporations is something that you can actually do. Benoni found a creative partner that he could trust as a new home for Awkward Black Girl and its audience. As an indie creator, that's huge. But no matter how large the opportunity is, it's still important for indie creators to be intentional and principled when entering partnerships. I mean, what
0: makes a good partner all the time is someone who understands or, or a company who understands. You know, like, obviously, there's always going to be education on both parts. You're going to have to educate them on what you believe you do well and how you like to operate and what your core values are. and that company is going to have to do the same. Um, but you, number one, you just want to have a foundation that they understand where you're going and who you are. And behind the scenes, as Issa is growing as a talent and as a, as a talent personality and as a writer, I'm growing as the business person that is standing beside her. So she's growing, I'm growing, we're growing in different ways, but we're still building the same thing.
1: All that growing led to Awkward Black Girl eventually getting some attention from the folks at HBO. They were interested in using the comedic story elements from the web series to build a new series for their service.
0: Issa starts working on Insecure, and then from Insecure, you know, the rest is kind of history.
1: OK, I just have to pause here for a second so that we can all take in Bononi's journey so far. Thanks to his willingness to prioritize the opportunities that mattered and stepping up to the plate to turn those opportunities into huge business moves, Bononi was now working with one of the most innovative creators of our time and gearing up to expand on what they just started. That is so ambitious. By 2011, Bononi was working with Issa to build out Issa Ray Productions, now known as Hooray Media, a multifaceted entertainment media company.
0: For Hooray, there's four parts to it. Um, There is the film and TV part of it. There's the management company. There's our digital uh, part of it. And then radio is our audio component.
1: Radio was launched in 2019 as a means to bring all the company's audio endeavors under one roof. And one of those first endeavors included their very own record label. In the early
0: days, like when we were doing Insecure, what was happening was is that when We put a song in the show, a lot of labels noticed that there was like a difference of streams, right? They were like, if you get a song in the Insecure show, now you're getting streams, you know, like Insecure was like the number one Shazam rated show while it was in season. And so Insecure really meant something to the music industry. It was a platform that the music industry gravitated to. And so we were getting a lot of opportunities where people were coming to Issa and asking her to be an artist and she was like, no, I don't want to be an artist, but, you know, I'd be down to do a record label. And so we started getting record label deal offers um, pretty much from every major label. And we really sat down and said, OK, if we're going to do a label deal, this is what it needs to be. And this is how we need to. And this is how this is the only way that we would sign it. And we put together our business plan and in our business model. And we're like, OK, this is what this record company is. It's a new age record company. It serves audio and music from every different facet. It's not just about putting out artists. It's also doing podcasts. It's also doing music supervision. It has to be this full-fledged platform.
1: Benoni was excited to get back to what he started off his career doing, supporting musicians. And radio would be a place that understood the importance of supporting your talent fully.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, we're talent first, right? like Issa Rae was arguably one of the most popular YouTubers, the more, most successful YouTubers off of YouTube of all time. Essentially, that's what she started from. And so because we are talent, we put talent first. And so we think about things from the perspective of talent. Like, for instance, we have an artist that we just signed, oh, maybe about a year ago. Um, his name is Josh Levi. And when we heard a song from him, we were like, yo, he's dope. And we reached out to management. And we're like, we want to work with him. And for him, he was just happy that somebody believed in him. And not only believed in him, but like actually took the time to listen to his music and was able to get feedback on his music. Cause a lot of times you'll be surprised. Like a lot of artists will go to these labels and it'll be 20 people at the label. And, you know, out of those 20 people, maybe two people have listened to the music, you know, which is the irony to me. But, you know, the fact that we listened to his music and we took the time to get to know him as a person. and Oh, it's your mom's birthday. Cool. We're going to send your mom flowers. And when I see you in person, I'm going to ask you how your mom's doing. That's on the personal human side of things.
1: I think oftentimes we throw around like support ideas, support dreams, but acknowledging the work of artists and entrepreneurs is especially important. These are people that have bet the house, right? stepped out on faith, and are doing things that oftentimes most people are just not bold and ambitious to do. Beyond signing new artists, Bononi was motivated to create more opportunities for independent composers, too.
0: We did this radio creators program and we signed two artists and two composers. And for those two artists, we put out two EPs. And for the composers, we created a collection of instrumentals that we can go and put into the projects that we're working on, the film and TV projects
1: that we're working on for music supervision. With the program, Bononi was able to offer song placement for independent artists. This was a big deal. And big deals usually mean complex contracts.
0: It was a complex deal because we had to go and do a deal between radio and Google. And we had to make sure we hit all the deliverables that they wanted and what they felt like was success for their brand. But then on top of that, we had to go do deals with each of the individual talent as well, separate. So like almost as the middle person between Google, it was Google, radio, and then the talent. And so... You know overall those deals are easier to close because you're able to find talent that just is looking for an opportunity and needs the funding um but you know you're working with a big brand and they have a specific set of things that they want so you have to navigate that and make sure you're delivering on that and then you have these independent artists this independent talent who's looking for the money but you need them to deliver xyz deliverables as well so you're kind of just constantly trying to make sure that everybody's getting what they want and then making sure that radio was profiting and radio is getting what they wanted.
1: With all the excitement that goes into securing new deals, it can be easy to not give as much attention to your contracts as you should. I know as an entrepreneur over the years, I've made that mistake plenty of times, and it's cost me fortunes. And so Benoni recognized this importance and came up with his own guidebook to ensuring he always knew what he was signing off on. Well,
0: my number one principle is read the contract yourself, you know, because a lot of people get stuck in situations where, you know, they have lawyers and they have managers and they rely on the lawyers and managers POV or opinion on the deal. But before they give me their opinion, I'm reading the contract and I'm forming my own opinions. Number two, you got to be, have a clear vision of what you want out of the deal. And then number three, you got to be be willing to give up things and you have to be clear with yourself um, about what you're willing to give up because it's going to come a point in every deal where it's like, okay, you're going to have to give something that you didn't want to give up. And that's going to be the the determining factor of closing the deal or not closing the deal.
1: But right. You won't always get everything you want out of a deal. So knowing what your hard yeses and your noes are, are critical. Sometimes because you're clear about what you're willing to accept, some deals just won't happen. And other times you can find yourself signing onto something where folks just don't live up to what they offered. Bononi has grown familiar with that too.
0: There are some times, and there has been times that happen where, you know, there's a certain set of promises that are made to you in, rec- in the recruiting phase. So, when you're sitting, when you're having drinks at the bar and they're like, these are the things we're gonna provide for you. And when you go into their big conference room and they bring all the executives to the conference room and you're sitting at this table of 20 executives and they're like, yeah, I'm in this department, I'm in that department and these are the things that we're gonna do. Everything always sounds good. And they tell you all the right things, right? And you know, when you call them, they respond right away or they text you back right away. Um, But sometimes you get into situations where the things that were promised were, you know, um, maybe they weren't able to deliver on for whatever reason, right? Um, And then you get into it and you're like, oh, I'm realizing now that I'm into this, that everything that was said was actually not the case. And so then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, bottom line, am I still able to accomplish what I'm able to accomplish in this
1: deal? The road to getting what you're after might not always go as planned. But if you're willing to adapt and pivot when necessary, you can still find yourself accomplishing what you set out to do. It's very important to get clear and granular on exactly what you want so you know if you're actually tracking towards the things that you want. If not, you will constantly get these things that kind of sort of feel like what you kind of sort of want it to be, but it will never be quite it unless you get very clear and very honest with yourself on what you want. With the clear visions Bononi had for hooray and radio, he refused to allow a few underdelivered promises to get in the way. Plus he understood that there were always room for improvement.
0: We're positioning ourselves to be a full-fledged, you know, siloed independent company, but it takes time to get there. And in order to get there, you gotta work with companies and you know you take the good with the bad, you know, because we're not the perfect company either. Sometimes you'll sign a deal with a company and the reason why the deal isn't going that way is because you didn't deliver on what you said you were going to deliver. And there could be a variety of reasons. One, you didn't understand the, the depth of what you said you were going to deliver Two, maybe you don't have the manpower, the resources, etc. So there's a lot of different ways that this can go. And that's just business. It's just businesses. just about constantly adapting and pivoting and evolving.
1: And like Benoni said, you have to be open to taking the good with the bad, because when things are good, that feeling is like no other. In an episode already packed with several full circle moments, Benoni has one more.
0: So we signed a joint venture label deal and recently that deal has ended and we are now in the process of signing another label deal. I'm most proud of because I looked. The people that I looked up to were record label owners, Dame Dash, Diddy, etc. And I just was in Vegas, you know, sometimes sleeping on the floor as a kid, and looking up to these guys and watching what they're doing. And here I am, fast forward all these years later, I'm on the verge of signing my second label deal, you know, which is no ordinary feat. Like to be able to sign a label deal that's a multi, you know, million dollar deal. To be able to sign two of them. You know, a lot of people don't ever get to sign one of them, but I've been able to sign two. Um, So that is probably what I'm most proud of because it just really speaks to, you know, the fact that people believe in what we're building and our ability to go out and execute.
1: From his humble beginnings of managing his nephew and folding t shirts to signing multi million dollar record deals, Bononi had worked tirelessly to turn his dreams into reality. And then he worked to turn other people's dreams into reality as well. Because for Bononi, that's what it's all about.
0: I mean, I think Black ambition is just, you know, getting up no matter what your circumstances are and having a dream for yourself and then being able to just go out and do it. And sometimes you may not even have reference points or you might not have people around you, but there's something inside of you that says, hey, there's something out there for me. I just got to get up and go get it. I mean, it feels great to see other people succeeding based off of a dream and a vision that you had and to see that your dream and vision helps other people. Like that's the ultimate feeling. That's what it's really
1: all about. On the next episode of So Ambitious, we'll be hearing from Jeffrey and Marcus LaBeja from the Royal House of LaBeja, the first drag family in New York City. Marcus and Jeffrey have been using their respective roles as fathers of the NYC house and overall overseers to build a business plan that will ensure the drag family's community is everlasting.
0: Some people, you know, come into ballroom with a skewed version or vision of what ballroom is. You know, they think, oh, we're just hanging out or it's just like going to the
1: club. and It's not any of those things. That's next time on So Ambitious. To learn more about Hooray Media and radio, check out the show notes. And be sure to rate, like, and subscribe to So Ambitious wherever you listen to podcasts. So Ambitious is a Black Ambition production brought to you by Heineken and co-produced by House and You Had Me at Black. Our executive producers are Martina Abrahams Ilunga and Ivana Tucker. Samaya Adams is our supervising producer. This episode was produced by Jess Jupiter Charlotte Morley is our associate producer. Our music is composed by Terrell Brook. Sapphire Stubbs is our marketing consultant. Special thanks to Moses Shoyola at Other Tone, and Samia Malik, Christine Joseph, and Jermaine Sherman at Black Ambition. I'm your host, Felicia Hatcher.